Hey yo, ciao ragazzi! <laughs> Welcome to this edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast to get your calcio to go. I'm Frank Rivello. He's Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Too sweet. How you doing, Frank? Uh, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, not Sunday. So hey, and only, only, only appropriate that you know, and you usually break out the NWO open when I'm not here, and but maybe one of the great heels of all time, Scott yeah. Hall, uh, yeah. passing yeah. away uh, yesterday. So uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, we paid tribute um, uh, to. Uh, the what do you call himself? The not so big guy, not yeah, the not so yeah. big man when yeah, he was next yeah, to yeah. when he was with Kevin Nash. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I actually got a great Scott Hall story. I met him. Um, oh, yeah? gosh, it was man, this is 25 years ago. Uh, when it was WCW, NWO were at the Heights and they were here in Milwaukee for a Clash of the Champions, um, live show, and um. We had a, we knew of a, a friend of mine had a photographer, uh, somebody was doing the photography for it, um, and kind of let us in on where they were staying and where they were hanging out at and, uh, you know, and that sort of thing. So we got to go over there, um, afterward and we got to meet a bunch of people, you know, I met Mean Gene Okerlund, I met, uh, Paul Orndorff, Kevin Sullivan, uh, Sonny Ono, um, uh, we we saw what La Parca looked like without a mask on. I mean, I'm really dating myself as far as wrestlers are concerned here. Uh, you know, Richard uh, Eddie Guerrero uh, back then was 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 there. So the, you know, a bunch of guys out. It was just you know sitting out in the hotel bar, you know, drinking and then going across the street and then you know Kevin Nash and Scott Hall come downstairs and they both looked <laughs> hammered. You know they, you know so. Um, Hand, you know, so we all end up going across from where the hotel is to a to a bar, and it's getting relatively late. And the bar wants, you know, the bar gets to closing time, and Scott's sitting there at the bar, um, and uh, you know, and he's giving the bartender. It's it was a middle aged woman. He was giving her a hard time. He's just like he, you know, I think he said something to the effect of, uh, you know, she's like, "All right, we're closing up, last call," and he just said, "Well, we got to be a party pooper." <laughs> And she, you know, and she said, you know, it's the law. I got to close. Well, there's no reason to be a party pooper. We're all out having drinks, having a good time. We'll pay you, pay you to keep us in here. And she's like, no, I can't do that. It, you know, I lose my license, all this other stuff. And she said, well, is there any way we can go to eat? And she's like, I think there's going to be a, there's a place down the road. And said, he goes, well, do they serve party pooper sandwiches? <laughs> I just said, <laughs> I just was laughing. And so, yeah, he just, he just went nonstop. Uh, uh, oh, and uh, six was with them too. Uh, oh, Sean, yeah. Wal- Sean Waltman, uh, the the old one, two, three kid, six, X Pac, yeah. everything that he became. Yeah. So, man, they could throw him back. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I, I got. Oh, I'm sure. I, I heard stories where they're all they're all drinking and stuff like that. I mean, heavily drinking, especially uh, the NWO guys. So, yeah, it's uh, not surprising to hear that. And you know. You know, talk about great heel he was. I mean, Razor Ramon for me was even better, right? Because uh, what a character yeah. he was, you know? So anyway. Anyway. I mean, and I got to say, it was like, you know, when he came to the WCW and they called it Scott Hall. And I I remember growing up watching the old AWA and I'm like thinking of 
of a Scott Hall. He was like tag team champs with Kurt Henning and just oh, right. had this look nothing like the Scott Hall that, yeah, yeah, just totally different. And I was like, that can't be the same Scott Hall. There's no way, you know, physically was strikingly similar. I said, well, maybe it is. It's like, man, the makeover this guy went through, uh, you know, to totally, you know, to totally get over. So, um, I mean, and, and for my, you know, I haven't actively watched wrestling in gosh, it's probably been 20 years. Um, but, I, I don't need to know what has gone on in the last 20 years to safely say that the New World Order angle was probably the greatest probably. Probably wrestling, angle, wrestling angle and storyline of all time. I mean, just yeah. the way the way they did it, the way they wrote it. And, um, I mean, hell, the, the, the company went broke on it, <laughs> yep. you know, because they didn't exist much longer after that, yep. after that storyline because there was nothing left. So, no. um you know, and then they, they 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 tried to divide it up. I mean, after a while, it just it, it sadly lost its novelty. And I guess you know it was just going to be a good thing that we were going to have for a limited time. So, but uh, you know, that was the Scott Hall story that I wanted to share uh, yeah, you know, before good. we jumped before we jumped yeah. into the Calcio. So for sure, for sure, now um, it's good. It's he'll be missed. He'll be missed. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Uh, you know, certainly. Uh, you know, certainly an icon of that of that industry. So yep. we should probably jump back into our sport, though, Richard. Because yeah, 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 we had plenty going on. Um, we need a wrestling spinoff pod. Lacey's saying, and I, <laughs> I agree with that, man. I'll tell you what. I, I mean, I grew up on Road Warriors. Um, you know, and then you know when they became the Legion of Doom. Uh, God, and, the, and they came to WWF and feuded with Demolition and. God, yeah, I, I, man, I could talk forever about the all the wrestling yeah, I watched when our, I was younger. Our buddies over at Man of the Man of the Post podcast, they actually think I have a side uh, wrestling podcast too. So definitely give them a, a shout too, because uh, they talk all the glory stuff too as well. So yeah, excellent. I mean, how many? You know, you, you wonder who out of them, how many of them are actually uh, football or even college support. I know Bully Ray's a Juventus fan. Yeah, um, yeah, I came to learn that, um, and I can't remember how I found that out. Um, but, uh, he's, I know he does radio shows on, uh, Sirius XM. Juventus, um, huh? Yep. So, Hey, if he's, you know, if he's supporting Calcio, fine, you know, true. that's true. That's true. So we'll, we'll, we'll take it. But, but yeah, that's, that, that's one for sure. It'd be interesting to see, um, you know, who else, um, you know, who else follows football and, you know, you know, watches it and things like that. So, uh, be interesting to, to hear if there's. People that kind of, you know, wrestlers in that industry that kind of get into it. So should be interesting. And in fact, I think I try to figure out how I, 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 he doesn't take messages. Um, so I just like, I think I tweeted to him asking, Hey, if you ever want to come on city, I'll sit down and let us know. So, you know, just, he never answered me, which I did. Gotta take a shot. Gotta take a shot. Yeah. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Right. That's right. So, all right. So, um, we will uh, jump into another great weekend of Calcio. While the goals might have lacked in overall quantity from what we're used to, uh, there certainly was some quality. So I'm sure your goals of the week is full. Mine definitely is, uh, you know, for everything that happened in match week 29. Uh, we will break down everything we saw, what we're, what we're seeing, some trends and, and things like that. We will preview Juventus's Champions League leg two against Villarreal on Wednesday. We will also preview Atalanta heading to Germany. 
with a 3-2 lead against Bayer Leverkusen in the Europa League. And then we will finish with the world's most popular hashtag game, Who Won Kelcho Twitter. So on we go with the games. We're going to come thick and fast. We're going to start with Salernitana and Sassuolo. Uh, and the same old stigma with Sassuolo. Great against the good teams. Can't get it done against the the mediocre and the poor teams. And it happened again. Uh, 2-2 here, Richard. Um, Federico Bonazzoli, um, really a total cock-up by the goalkeeping there. By Consigli had a nightmare in this game overall. Um, but the the goal, this goal was the epitome of it. Federico Bonazzoli scoring uh, to make it uh, a goal to nil. Sassuolo would level this in the 20th minute through Gianluca Scamacca. Great cross in by Kyriakopoulos. Uh, in the 20th minute to make it 1-1. And then 10 minutes later, a goal of the week candidate, probably my goal of the week, stay tuned. But Hamid Junior Traore just making a couple defenders look silly and finishing. He is just in unbelievable form right now, uh, putting the Nero Verde ahead. Two goals to one. Um, Giacomo Raspadori in the 57th minute commits a foul, gets a yellow card, throws the ball. Did you see this? And I thought that the referee was going to send him off right at that spot I did too. I did there. too. The president didn't. But two minutes later, Raspadori says, here, referee, I'd, let me finish this off for you. Uh, commits another foul. I think it was the same guy. There must have been something going on. And, and you know, um, you know, young young striker, defender getting under his skin, you know, going to have to learn how to play, especially in this league. You're going to have to learn how to deal with that. We talked about this with Vlahovic, right? Same thing. Yeah, we did. Yes, we did. So, uh, you know, 2-1, they're hanging on for dear life. 81st minute, it is Milan Juric uh, making it. 2-2 uh, for Salernitana, uh, rescuing a point there. Two points dropped, perhaps, for Sassuolo, but with a 2-1 lead, trying to defend it with a man down. Uh, moving on, on what a game that could end up being a relegation six-pointer when we look back at it, uh, Spezia and Cagliari. 2-0 uh, to Spezia. Daniele Verdi had a penalty uh, saved by Alessio Cragno, uh, but in the 55th minute, uh, Verdi would atone for it with a nice corner uh, finished by Martin Ehrlich. Uh, and then in the 74th minute, Ray Manai uh, scoring um, off a ball in from Victor Kovalenko uh, to give Spezia the win. Uh, Cagliari with more of the possession in this game. Spezia very efficient when they had the ball. Put a lot of chances on target. Cagliari really struggling to get anything on frame here. And, um, you know, this Spezia probably could have won by about three or four here. You know, had it not been for Alessio Cragno, we keep, seem to keep saying that about Cragno all the time. I and mean, if Cagliari gets relegated, let's hope he gets on a better team um, at this point. Um, Saturday, oh, um, I almost it would it would be it would exactly be me if I skipped these guys, and then they would all come out of the woodwork and yell at me. So let's get to them. Juve uh, winning three one at Spamptoria, twenty uh, third minute, a crap on a cracker. Uh, player who is going to probably be crap on a cracker for the full season, Mayo Yoshida, in the 23rd minute uh, in own goal. I don't know if there's really anything that he really could have done about it. Um, he's just trying to get the ball. I mean, if he doesn't get it, Ken scores. That's really, you know, one of those things. Uh, Juve get a penalty in the 34th minute. Uh, Coley bungles over Ken, but when you take a look at it, I think Coley saw that Yoshida was – supporting and in position and saw Kane with the ball and said, I better hack Kane here. It's going to be going uh, either way. So let me get a (laughs) Take my chances with seeing if maybe Falcone might stop a penalty because we have a better chance there than Yoshida defending can. So, uh, so that's the explanation for the defending there by Coley, if you want one. Um, But two nil to Juve at halftime. Um, uh, 
Sampdoria do get a penalty in the 74th minute. Antonio Candreva, great save by Wojciech Szczesny. Uh, but Abdelhamid Sabiri and a free kick in the 84th minute. Uh, according to Sofa score, he's getting credit for the goal. But, I mean, it, it hit Vlaovic in the wall and probably should be an own goal. But yeah, it, I, I don't know what... I don't know what to, what's an own goal anymore. Um, I don't know what's an assist anymore with the way some of these people score this. So, <laughs> um, but uh, Sampdoria throwing a lifeline. It's eventually killed off just four minutes later. Marata getting a brace. Manuel Ocotelli playing him in uh, on a cross, uh, making it three-one. Milan winning by a goal to nil. Nineteenth minute shot from distance from Pierre Kalulu, which is a goal of the week candidate, uh, giving the Rossoneri a one-nil win. Um, out shooting Empoli 15 to five, getting five shots on target. So, um, Vicario putting in a very good performance to help keep Empoli in it. Uh, Mainyan, Kalulu, Tamori, all outstanding as they have been, uh, in recent games. Um, you know, keep, you know another clean sheet for the Rossoneri, something that's going to be very, very important as we go through this home stretch of games. So yeah, you're going to chime. Nope, I was just going to say another shutout with Kalulu in, in the back. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, then we finish off my batch with the Derby del Apenino, Fiorentina, and Bologna, a 1 0 win. First of all, shout out to Jason for uh, giving us a fan reaction video um, on uh, Fiorentina's point of view from that game. Uh, La Viola out shooting Bologna 14 4, out possessing him 61%. Um, but it was a Lucas Torreira goal in the 70th minute uh, that would decide this game. Ultimately, Skorupski, fantastic for Bologna in goal. Um, Let's start there with the Derby, Richard, because it's just, for me, looking at Bologna, it's just, if you're a Bologna supporter, it just has to be heartbreaking right now to see how this team is playing. Um, four of the last six games, they can't score actually. And then you could even stretch that to five of the last, let me see. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, five out of eight games. They are shut out. They, they don't score. Uh, and I think there's one game here where they scored twice. And then the other two games, they scored once a draw with Salernitana. Uh, and then in the defeat to Hellas, Hellas Verona, they, they beat Spezia two one. I mean, my gosh. Bologna, it's this is tragic because I'll tell you this: there is too much quality in this Bologna team for me and for that attack. Um, Arnautovic, Orsolini, Soriano, uh, you know Hickey with some quality. De Silvestri can cross a ball. Yeah. Uh, you can. I mean, how in the hell is this team all of a sudden not scoring goals? I think it's. Uh, Mihalovic is not getting through to them anymore, and I think they've. It it's could time be, for them to sp- split. Honestly, too, um, and they're not going to fire him because everything that he's gone through, and and it just w- it wouldn't be right to fire him. So they're gonna. I'm I'm guaranteed they're gonna split split parts, split away at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, it's it's inexplicable. It's a team that's un- massively underachieving. They got a super talented team that. You know, when they're all on, they can compete with most of the teams in the league. But like you said, they can't score at the moment. Uh, and they got some playmakers on the team. And, yeah, for whatever reason it is, I mean, 20 seconds in the game, Soriano hits the post. And, and then a little bit later, they hit the post again. So they came close. Uh, or Salini hit the post. But, yeah, close but no cigar. And it's 
it's mental at the moment. And like I said, the message not getting through to them with Mihalovic. You can't fire him because you look like a dick if you do. So you're kind of stuck and hope you don't get relegated, which I don't think they will. But, you know. I mean, they didn't even get a shot on target in this game. Unreal. And a derby. Uh, no shots yeah. in a derby. Come on. I mean, it's just, it's, you're just wondering when, you're just wondering if, you know, I mean, this, I mean, we got Stevie in the, uh, we got Stevie in the chat, you know, I'm sure they're familiar with the Saputo family because they, they, they own Montreal impact. Um, is it just a, and Stevie might be able to answer this for us. Is is this something where Sinise is probably getting the hook at the end of the season because that's how the ownership rolls. They just don't want to cut bait right now. Um, or are they scared to because of the sentiment? I mean, I just, I think it's that. And that's what I think it is. It's just mind boggling to me that they're this poor. I mean, we're leading with Bologna, but we're, we're leading with a Derby, which, you know, we, we'll talk. I mean, we got title contenders, yeah. um, but uh, uh, CF Montreal, is that the MLS team? Yeah. He'll tell us. Okay. Um, He'll tell us. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, you know, something doesn't jive there because this is a Bologna team. Like I said, we, we talk about them, but they do this a lot. I mean, yeah. are, are they a team that's hit the beach? Because when you take a look at it, I mean, they're on 33 points. Yeah. Um, they're yeah. 11 points clear of the drop. Did they ramp up, play well? And they're like, all right, we're good. We're not going to go to Europe. We're not going to get relegated either. So we'll just flounder into this and. Yeah. Cause and it was a talent they have. They should be a top 10 team. Um, yeah. it's hard to break that top 10, you know, but I think their team is good enough for the talent they have. And like you said, maybe they've gone on vacation. I don't know. It's mind But hang on here. I mean, the top, are, they should be a top 10 team. Let's ask the question. Let's, I mean, let's look at the teams ahead. Are they, are, do they, do you think they have more talent than Hellas Verona? Talent? Yes. Better than them? No. Uh, I think, I think they're level on talent. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that Verona's players are just grossly underrated. Sure. Um, Sassuolo. Oof, that's tight. Their, their attack is pretty good. Their attack is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I call it a wash. I mean, I don't know. Sassuolo is just slightly ahead of. I think Sassuolo is more talented. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, Fiorentina. I think Fiorentina is more talented, especially in midfield. Yeah, slightly. Um, I mean, the Seven Sisters, I think all they're have all, more talent they're than they're all, they're ahead, yeah. So, yeah. and then how about Torino? Mm, that's tied too. Yeah, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. Maybe they are where they should be. Maybe yeah, it's going to be closer, but you know, it's still a place where they probably should be. That's yeah, a good, good question. Yeah, um, it, it's interesting because yeah, if they're a top ten team, who you know, who do they, who do they, who do you trade, trade places with? I think that <laughs> they're probably yeah. To your point, they. No, it looks like your arms are crossed because you got Scott Hall behind you in the picture. So it looks like your arms are crossed. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> nice. <laughs> they actually, they really are. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's funny. <laughs> um, so in the MLS, he thinks the owner is more involved in Italy. He lets the big guy. He lets he he, he pays the big guys that um, make the let someone else make the decision. Yeah. So, um, yeah, maybe. Okay, let's let's just. I, I, okay, Lisey's got a good point. I think I, I like what Lisey's saying. I think that on on talent, their level. They're on a they're on a level playing field with Torino and Verona, and Torino and Verona are just yeah. getting more points. Yeah. And I don't think they're as talented as Sassuolo. I think Sassuolo is more talented. 
That attack so, is really good. Yep. That attack is really Especially good. Especially in attack. So yeah. um anyway, so no, no, see, my arms aren't folded. <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna no, that's, that's gonna I think that's gonna trip everybody out for yeah. you know, yeah. for the entirety of this. So um Milan, it's not we, I mean, we get to this point of the season, 10 games left. You're trying to fight to win something. You're trying to fight for placement. Who cares how you make who who cares how they make the sausage as long as it tastes good? You know, I mean, yeah. well, I guess I, I care a little bit, but so um yeah. you know but, as well. Yeah. It's <laughs> but it's not, you know, it's not at this stage of the game, it's not the style points, it's the three points that counts, you know. Yeah. And yeah. You don't have you know, it's not like an MMA fight where you got three judges trying to score the fight, you know, or score this score you over ninety minutes. That's, yeah. <laughs> you know, you score more goals than the other team, and it doesn't matter how you do it. I mean, this is and and it it's kind of it's kind of hypocritical because we're so harsh on Juventus for taking this in a season long approach, <laughs> but when we get towards the end of the season, we're like, well, we don't care, just win. Yeah. So. Um, so in a, in, in a sense, we're kind of being hypocrites, but at the same time, I mean, there's a beauty in just getting your three points. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, how many, how many times do you go through a season and dive through all 34, 38 games and, and years before that 34 and look at it on a game by game basis and say, yeah, not only did we win the league, we played the most beautiful football consistently from start to finish. It's you know, we won with style. We won with... Yeah. We don't, yeah, nobody does that. You know, you, 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 you go and you look at the, who won that year and you see the team said, all right, they were the best team that year. So yeah. it doesn't, you know, at this point it's get it done. So yeah. you can try to play with style and then you end up like PSG against Real Madrid. So, you know, same. Good point. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's exactly, it's exactly it. Okay. It's exactly it. So, you know, um, but I'm still not ashamed to be, hypocritical of Juventus playing that way all season for 90 so. for or 90 minutes uh, for entire season. Yes, I agree. A hundred percent. It's like watching Genoa all season long, right? Their draws nonstop. It just seems like no one wants to, they don't want to give up anything. But when you, when it comes down to crunch time, when it comes down to getting the points and possibly winning of the title or making the top four or whatever placement, it's all about the wins. That's all that matters. Uh, and I think at this stage of the, stage of the game, you know, the teams who are going to prevail are the teams who are going to, do what they have to shut the door defensively and then get the timely goals. Right. Uh, and we saw this in this game, big goal by Kalulu. Uh, one of the goals of the week, like you said, um, it was timely. And I guess I say this because I see a lot of criticism for Milan's second half performance in this game. And, you know, my, you know, I look at it and I said, I think you have the one nil lead. You've been the better team. You're playing like the better team. You still have to be wary of what Empoli have going the other way because they're capable of scoring. They're capable of spoiling you on your on their day. You know oh, yeah, they have sure. they have enough quality to make it hard for you. Um, uh, you know, so you're 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 playing that balancing act. You know, so um, is the balancing act having a talented left winger like Liao and then no right wing? <laughs> bounces out <laughs> that's good hey richard <laughs> yeah yeah no really? it's yeah the thing with milan in this is like yes they have to be, be they have to be balanced but everyone knows that empoli is a threat and 
it seems like they took their foot off the gas a little bit when they probably should have tried to get that second goal. Uh, and by not getting that second goal, Empoli slowly started getting into the game, almost started taking control in terms of uh, possession and shots uh, before Milan kind of woke up and kind of uh, saw the whole thing out. But I mean, for like a 10, 15 minute stretch, it seemed like Empoli were going to score goals. They had chance at a chance. Magnon bailed them out. Tamori and Kalula bailed them out. Um, it got close. It got dicey, you know, if you're a yeah. Milan fan. And so you got to do better than that. But they got well, the result. That's what matters. I think just, you know, clinging to a one goal lead just creates a lot of tension, especially when you go into a game think you know, and you know, to speak to some of the points that, that, that Michael and Stevie are bringing up in the chat. Um, I think that as a fan, we get nervous, like, you know, For can sure. we, For sure. you know, can we, can, you Offense. know, we're, we're living dangerously just trying to hang on to this instead of trying to figure yeah. out and you're playing that delicate balance where you're trying to look for that second goal, but at the same time you want to protect what you have because at the end of the day, if they don't score, you get three that's and maybe that's how Pioli looks at it. He trusts his defense enough that and also with the subs he brings on that he's like, hey, we're not gonna give up a goal. It may look off at times, but I'm confident my team can hold the hold the fort. And they did. Yeah. But you also because you've seen it backfire too. Um and it's way and, too and, many and, times. And, and we're at a and we're at a stage in modern football where it backfires enough now to make you nervous. I mean, you can go back to the, you know, I, I think about the 94, 95 season Capello's Milan in the champions league where they had to deal with a Benfica that had Claudio Canigia, um And then a PSG that had way and Junela. And he, you know, he played to not give anything up and just tried to hit those teams on the break and, you know, relied on creativity of players like Savicevic and Boban um, and, you know, got out of there with one nil wins, uh, you know, and, 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 and went through, you know, where just look at the Milan Derby entered pounding on Milan's goal. It was up one nil was looking for that second goal. Simone and Sagi finally got to a point where I said, look, I'm going to have to pull these guys back and I'm going to have to defend what I have because we're not getting it. Yeah. You know, so those are just in game tactics Yep. that managers have to consider. It's like when you finally get to a, you know, and usually 70 minutes is kind of that benchmark where you say, all right, I got to start thinking about protecting what I have because I don't know if we're getting another one the way we're, you know, we're, we're creating, we're getting a little bit of possession, we're doing some things, but we're not, getting, we're not getting the end product here that we want. So, yeah. and I think it didn't help with the right wing situation, right? Both, it doesn't matter who starts, Salamakers or uh, Messias, Neither are actually doing what they need to do at the moment. They're causing way too many turnovers, causing breakaways in the other way. I mean, I think why Empoli got into the game so much is because of needless turnovers like we saw from the right wingers and, and some of the other players. Um, and it doesn't help. And, you know, at a time where you want to be attacking from all fronts, we see the left wing is doing a good job. Giroud is doing his job as a striker. Midfield is doing very well. It's that right wing's position you're getting nothing from. Now, granted, Salamakers comes in at the end of the game and he provides that defensive run around nonstop. You got that, I guess, going. But other than that, it's, you know, it's it's tough. You know, and a team that's going to win the Scudetto has to be a complete team or at least put, a, put in a complete performance. Yeah. We'll see who survives at the end. Yeah. I mean, there's no shame in finding ways to win. And sometimes you're going to have to make some sacrifice. You're going to probably have to make, you're, you're just going to have to make some sacrifices. You're going to have to maybe sacrifice the quality football that is required um, to, to go out and win. 
Uh, Steve asks, how much would the right wing help Milan if if we if they just invented and in, how much would the right winger help us if we had just invent invested in one in the winter mercato? Um, if you got the right one, immensely. Sure, you become that much more dangerous team. Imagine, let's just say, because everyone's got it on the mind, Berardi, right? You have Berardi and 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 Leao on the wings. You can attack from both sides. You make it very difficult for the opposition unless you have a defense like uh, Napoli or Inter. You're going to struggle to defend that. And so when when Leao gets shut down, Berardi takes over, and then vice versa. You know, if you have a right winger, I'm using Berardi in this example, but you have a competent right winger who is as lethal as Leao. Holy moly, you got to defend that. Good luck. But let's ask the question, was the right one available? Maybe, if you had the money, but we know, at least Milan's management, they're not going to spend the money unless they think it's merited. Now, if they go out and win the Scudetto this year, they're probably spending. They're like, oh, yeah, we're, 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 we're champions. But I think it was available, but they weren't willing to spend it. And then if they were available... For the right price. Who are you getting? Because you're not gonna, you weren't going to get Berardi. Okay, and... If you're bringing somebody in over from another league, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean an instant, an instant level of success. Right. You know, you know, you're changing total level, total, totally different game, totally different tactics, totally different culture. There's so much that you're throwing and you're getting a player to adapt to. And oh, by the way, you got to go play in the Derby now. Um, You know, for us as for us sitting on our couches or you know doing our podcast it's very easy for us to just say that's that that solves the problem but what was available and what was reasonable for somebody you know i'm a milan fan i think the right wing position i i i'm a firm believer that the right wing position needs addressing i have no you know i have no problem with that but i think when you got to look at functionally what they have now and anthony says they're not they're simply not good enough okay messius is not good enough and he hasn't adapted to steve's point which he's right salamakers is asked to be a right winger where he has been a right wing back or a fullback um and he primarily played those positions at Anderlecht. so his comfort zone and we've talked about his role um his comfort zone is you know, not necessarily attacking the penalty area. I don't think that he has the skill set for that. And yeah. finishing in the penalty area, that's not his game. His game is width and crossing, but from deeper positions. He's not an end line guy turning the ball and crossing it. He is used to being a wingback, a fullback. And that's what he did at Anderlecht, okay, and crossing from those positions, you know. And so in a sense, we're kind of – we got a square peg in a round hole. But at the same time, there's characteristics with him, the defending – uh, the ability to cover, the ability to provide support, which are very crucial and very, very critical, especially in games with a one-goal lead, where you can bring them in off the bench and say, you should thrive in this environment with what we need to get out of here with the three points. So now, Messius, fun story, beautiful story, um, feel-good story, a, a guy you want to cheer for because it makes you feel like he's you, – you, it makes you feel like he's one of us. Yep. You know, but this, you know, it, at, at at the highest of levels, it just hasn't gotten there. So, you, you know. You also got to think about it this way, right? Availability means different things to different teams. Like a team like Milan, there was really no one available. Unless you 
try to go for Berardi, which is we think wasn't possible. But if you're a team that has lots of money, Man City, Chelsea, whatever, maybe not Chelsea. That's a bad example these days. Uh, but you yeah. know, your team that has a lot of money, anyone's available. You got the right yeah. amount of money, anybody's available. So available is is a is a, a subjective term, right? For us in, in Milan's sake, no one is really available. Serie's sake, no one's really available. So I agree with that. Are you buying the goal production from Juventus all of a sudden? Um, no. Or the is winning, it because yes. the winning, yes, it, not, the, not the goal production. Just or is the, it because the, they've been against some lousy defenses? I think yes. that that has a yes. lot to do with it. Yes. I mean, I think Morata is figuring out how to play out in the system. I think he's one that's going to be the beneficiary of the goals because I think the system – is better for him than it is for Vlahovic. Vlahovic is going to set up people all day long. He can get his chances. But Morata is going to thrive in this kind of situation he's played in before. Um, but I think the goals are a product of who they've been playing. Obviously, you're going against Yoshida helps, right? It always does. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think this who they've been playing lately and, you know, what they're – Allegri is rarely going to try to get three goals. And so his team gets three goals. It's just a benefic- benefit – of who they're playing really most of the time, not all the time. You know, sometimes we've seen it where they really dominated somebody and we haven't seen that. They've just been fortunate with the goals. And Hey, at this stage of the season, it doesn't matter. You get, you get your goals, get your wins. That's what it matters, right? Three points, no matter how the, the sauce is made or whatever you say. They, they've, they've been fortunate to see Sampdoria twice um, since the turn of the new year. Um, once in the Copa Italia and once oh, in okay. Serie A. So I was like, what? <laughs> they did score four on Roma. Um, so I'm not buying into this either, just like I'm still not buying into Juventus being a contender. And then Elise is sitting there in chat that he says he's not going to sleep until somebody's got it. Somebody's at 84 points and it's out of reach for Juve. Yeah. I, I can comfortably say that Juve is not a contender. I, I'm not, I'm not buying it. I'm not trying to be stubborn, you know, and I'm not trying to like go against Bonetti is like, are we sure? I was like, yeah, I'm sure. Okay, I think I'm, they. I think they're too far behind. I think they were too far behind. Let me finish. Uh, let me please, I'll finish please, please. Point. I'll finish my point. And I think the injuries in their midfield and the lack of available midfielders is going to catch up to them. Okay, yeah. and you're going to have some guys that are going to get run thin, especially when they're still in it for the Champions League. Um, the Coppa Italia is not as huge in importance and. I expect them to win the second leg at home against Fiorentina and get to the final. Um, Michael's saying, please, baby Jesus, I hope you are right. Well, that's why you come to watch this podcast so that <laughs> you can be reassured of these things, Michael. Okay. Um, so uh, I, I'm not, I'm not buying Juve to make this miraculous run to win the title, because I think also in part Milan, Napoli, Inter, Juve and Inter have to play each other. So that's going to be interesting. That's at yeah. the J. That'll say a lot. But the rest of Inter's run-in is relatively easy, and I think that they're going to accumulate a lot of points here and there. Napoli and Milan are defending way too well to drop the points required for Juventus to gain the ground, too. So it's two reasons. It's Juventus's midfielder lack thereof right now with the injuries. <laughs> I won't do that, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got my limits. I, remember, I don't get paid to do this. Uh, so, so does um, your tone change when Inter play Juventus and Juventus somehow win that game two to one? Does your tone no. change then? No, no, because I think that Juventus and Inter are going to be canceling each other out on the points, and probably Milan and Napoli are going to be gaining points and win that week. 
So I think that event, I think that Milan and Napoli are 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 de- like I said, they're defending way too well right now, and I don't see a whole lot of that changing. Napoli doesn't have anything else they're playing for. Milan just have the the Copa, which I say is it's one extra game right now because um, the yeah. Coppa Italia final is played after the league is over. So it's not an, it's not a distraction. Um, so the defending from both of those teams, they're not conceding goals. They're not conceding a lot of dangerous chances. And I just don't see as a result, that's the reason why I don't see them dropping the points that are going to be necessary for Juventus to get back into this. Yeah. I mean, Juve pretty much have to win out and, the top three have to drop points. And then, you know, look, I everything you just said, I agree 100% with, right? But I'm uncomfortably... I, I, it's hard seeing what we've seen over the last 10 years, I guess, 11 years now. Um, then Juve, every time you count them out, they, they find a way to come back in. This year, we all counted them out. And they've been slowly coming up the charts. I would not be... I'm not saying they're going to win. It's good at though. But I would not be surprised come the end of the season if somehow they pull... A second place out of their ass. I would not be surprised because the top that's three fine. Are, I mean, I'm, I won't. I won't. Yeah, I won't. And, fight and the about reason that. is because the top three are so inconsistent. Like they're 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 very good, but they drop points to the teams where you don't expect. Sometimes, I mean, look at look at Inter and Torino, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, and then Milan with Salernitana and some, you know, Napoli. All of them are dropping points at random times, and so there's a possibility they're going to get into it closer. I don't think they're going to win, but I'm still uncomfortable being like 100. They're not in it because. I've seen this story before, and you know it's bit me in the ass many times, you know. And I just think it's the stigma of how many consecutive titles that they won that's got you thinking that way. So yeah, yeah for um, sure, hundred percent. Just like it's the stigma of the banter era for Milan that Milan fans are just exactly are going to be nervous about life. Let's say the last. <laughs> well, I don't know about life anymore. I don't don't I don't get nervous about life. Um, the last. 25 minutes of the Empoli game, for example. I won't say it was a poor second half. I would just say the the last 25 minutes is not what we would desire to watch. Correct. Would be probably the best way to put it. So, and we had some relegation teams in this batch, uh, Richard, right now. You know, Salernitana, they have a couple games in hand. Yeah, but they're way down there. Can they, can they get some results? Yeah, and then... Cagliari are still, I mean, Venezia have a game in hand. Spezia, it's a huge win for them, but it only puts them four ahead of Cagliari. It puts them seven ahead of the drop. Um, So six-pointer between Spezia and Cagliari? Probably. Um, But I don't know. I, I Both of these teams might survive because, you know, and we'll talk about Venezia here in a minute because suddenly they're – to my dismay, because I want to see those kits to staying in Serie A, uh, they're starting to fall apart. Um, Genoa can't beat anybody; they just draw everybody they play. And I don't know. It's right now. I mean, let's just uh, on these three teams. I mean, I think Salernitana is going down. I think they're going to, you know, they're putting on a mount, mounting a good charge. They made some interesting signings. They they are playing better, um, but. And Davide Nicola is going to have them fight to the end. But I think they're just too far back. Don't discount um, Sampdoria. As far as the, uh, relegation. the relegation picture? Oh, they're sure. Only, they're only one point ahead of Cagliari. Yeah. One point. Oh, oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, so, yeah, we should probably talk about – we should probably limit Sampdoria in this conversation. Um, 
how patient is Ferrero going to be with Giampaolo? What, what do you do at the end of the season? Just fire him and ride with whoever's on the bench? I'm like, your choices are limited at this point. You know, nine games to go. I mean, we've seen it happen. We believe it. We've seen it happen, especially Genoa. They've had a history of this stuff, but uh, or even Palermo. But, yeah, I mean, at this point of the season, you fire Giampaolo, you're just going to have to bring one of your assistants in. Unless some, Who's going to jump on for the last eight games of the season or whatever? I mean, there mm. might be somebody out there. You know, maybe they bring in back in uh, what's his name, EDF. <laughs> He's available. He was there. I don't know. He's never going back there. <laughs> so <laughs> he was already there. I'll say this. Okay. So if I was a manager and I didn't have a job right now, and Ferrero wanted to hire me to take, if he said, I'm, I'm sacking John Paolo, I'd like, I'd like you to see if you can try to rescue us out of this. I'd be I'd, I'd want to guarantee that if we do go down that you're not sacking me mm-hmm. and that you're give, you're backing me to have a project to get this team back up um and that so then then I have a little bit of freedom to okay yeah we're going to try to see if we can survive but I'm also going to be in evaluation mode in part that if you know be prepared for should we drop um, who do I know we're going to have to sell? Who can I get away with keeping for SETI B? So that's just a thought out there. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, geez, it's, it's, you know, they, they're in danger. And I just want to look at Sampdoria's next few games here to see if it's going to get any prettier. They travel to Venezia on Sunday, huge game there. Um, I have no problem. I, I'm, I'll wake up for that. Um, yeah. but then they host Roma. They're at Bologna, host Salernitana at Verona, Derby della Lanterna on May 1st. But listen to this close for them. At Lazio, Fiorentina at home, at Inter. Ooh, that's not kosher. Get some points now. Yeah. So, because I don't see them getting any points in those last three games. Whew. So, we could, I mean, we could realistically be talking about Sampdoria being a team going to the drop. Yep. After reading off that schedule. So, thoughts on Spezia? Um, they're safe. They're getting the results now. Um, I think they're safe from the from the drop. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a relegation six-pointer against Cagliari, and they found ways to get points there. So, um, Mota, he's figuring it out. He's not playing quite like how he's envisioning, but what he's doing is playing himself for a, a future somewhere else, right? He saves he saves Spezia, moves on to a bigger club, a little bit bigger club, and continues to build his legacy, right? Vincenzo Teliano did the same thing, right? Found ways to get the team get results, found a better job. Now he's doing really well with Fiorentina. So maybe you say the same thing with Tiago Motta. Someone who is not afraid to break tradition and tries things differently um, in terms of managing how he, how he does the game. Now he doesn't have the talent to do what he really wants. He did this when he was at PSG, and obviously it helps when you have the talent of the young youngsters at PSG, but... You know, um, he's doing things right. They're figuring, they're finding ways to get results. Um, so good for good for Spezia. I think they're going to be sticking around yet again another year. João Pedro, two goals in his last fifteen matches in Serie. We talked about how Cagliari is probably dependent on him to be productive for them to be successful. Yep. Not going to get it done. So. What that's not going to get it done. 
Does he's he got stay? It. Or when he gets when they get relegated, if they get relegated, or does he move on? But this is the comedy of all of this. He wants to be an Italian international. How the hell do you pick him? How the hell does Mancini pick him with that form, with that scoring rate right now? I don't care if it's with Cagliari. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, not for these playoffs. Absolutely not. Yeah. They're coming so, up soon, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What are they? The first uh, one. I believe I March. we have this weekend Serie A games and then uh, March 24th, is it? Yep. March 24th, North Macedonia. Next week. So Next Thursday. We have five other games to talk about. I mean, we have just exhausted the hell out of these 10 teams. Oh, my so, goodness. I told you, people, you give us a couple more days to digest this. We're going to have a lot more to talk about. So, <laughs> uh, well, I'm so just just, just wherever you are, relax. If you were driving to work, drive around. Don't get a beer. Don't do that. <laughs> Maybe the laws are different where you live. Um <laughs> Drive around a little longer oh. and just going to work late because you know we're going to be talking about these teams in a little bit more, a uh, little bit more depth. Not Joe Pedro. I'm not doing it, Steve. I'm not. I'd and rather Joe Pedro than Balotelli. I would rather neither. Oh, I mean, yeah. I take the kids that I, I would take the kids at Sassuolo. Scamaca, yeah, for sure. Raspadori. So I would, I would take I them. Mean. So, um, but no, not Joe Pedro's form is so bad right now. There, mm-hmm. There's no way Mancini should take him. So. Um, why don't we talk about the other uh, 10 teams? Yeah, why not? There were some good games, right? Uh, starting off, uh, Hellas hosting Napoli, big game here. Uh, you know, with obviously Milan holding serve, Napoli trying to hold, you know, try to keep pace with Milan. Uh, goal scoring was certain the 14th minute through Victor Osiman. Uh, lovely goal there, goal of the week, uh, candidates there, lovely pass by Molitano, even a bullet header by Osiman. Uh, he would double his or get his brace in the 71st minute. Uh, two nothing. Looks like Napoli's gonna walk away easily, but not so fast. Faraoni get a goal in the seventy seventh, make the two to one. Uh, he'd eventually be a bad boy and get a card in, uh, in this game. But Napoli would get the win, big win for them. Uh, Hellas can be a thorn in the side for many teams, and especially teams that are trying to win to get to the three teams in particular. Uh, they can they can force drop points, and Napoli found a way to get wins, which good teams will have to do to win a Scudetto. So Napoli win. Um, a team that cannot find a way to do it. Neither of these teams. Atalanta hosting Genoa. Game ends 0-0. Um, Genoa, Genoa, Genoa could have won this game. They could have. They could have. They had some good chances. They actually had a lot of good chances. But they can't score, and they don't give up goals. It just Every game's a draw. Blessings, every game's a draw with him. Um, I don't know what the hell's happened with Atalanta. They dropped tremendously. I mean, they're now below Lazio in the, in the table. And they were once... Because that's good. That's a candidate. Not anymore. Not even close. They may not make Europe at this rate. Uh, but zero zero, entertaining game. Lots of chances both ways. But uh, yeah, Genoa could have won that game. Um, moving on to Udinese hosting Roma. Wonderful goal by Molina early in the fifteenth minute. Uh, Udinese looked pretty good early on. Dela Feo really creating some chances uh, for against Roma. Roma really struggling against Udinese. Udinese is, is a tough opponent for most teams, um, and it looked like. Udinese is going to walk, walk away winners. A penalty is called in the fourth minute stoppage time. Frank, um, they call a handball against the defender. The one angle I saw, the one only angle I saw, looked like it was a handball by both by the by um, what's his name, the striker and the defender. It looked like a, a double handball there. 
They call the penalty. Pellegrini steps up, scores the goal. 1-1 in that game. Um, thoughts on that penalty? Did you see it other way than what I saw it there? Did you agree with the referee? I, I agreed with the referee. Um, be our resident referees in the chat. I'd love to get his take on it. But Yeah, just from what I saw, it looked like both the striker and the defender both got their hand on the ball. Um, I mean, maybe hit the defender first and then got the, you know, I don't know, but. Let's say um, this. I've, I've seen, I've seen weaker incidents get called uh, sure. penalties. Sure. I mean, it's... And, and you know, Roma's had a bit of bad luck this year with, with calls. So they, they've been, they've been due one. So why not? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they get the draw late draw. Uh, Rui Patricio had a great save in this game too. It was a one where he saves it, hits off the post, off his head, off the post again and stays out. That yeah. I remember that. Out. I don't know how it stayed out, <laughs> but that was a great save by him. Nonetheless. Uh, was that on. that was was that Makengo that was that I believe so I believe it yeah. was I believe it was uh, moving to another crazy game another title contender Torino hosting Inter in this one uh, early goal by Bremer uh, off a corner kick uh, Pobega gets a gets a touch on it and it falls to Bremer Bremer puts it away one nothing Torino we we talk about how tough Torino can be at times especially Jurich as a manager uh, and they gave Inter everything they they, they had in this one. I missed penalty of the game for me. I think Belotti was taken down by Baranokia. Um, but, you know, you can't blame it on that. Uh, Brecolo had a golden opportunity. Should have passed it a single later in the game. Missed that opportunity. They missed some chances to score some goals. Obviously, Inter had some great chances as well. But Inter, as a champion does, keeps fighting until the very end. Uh, goal of the week candidate here. Ball comes in. Jekko, everyone thinks he's going to take a shot. One time passes back to Alexis. Alexis puts it away. Yeah. One one at the death. I mean, the champions finally we get points, but the, will will that cost them scudetto? Dropping those points, we can get into that in a second. Uh, and then Lazio hosting Venezia on Monday. Uh, Immobile scores a wonderful goal to to take the lead for uh, Lazio history. Then he's off sides. Not so fast, not so quick, right? Uh, but uh, persistent pays off. You know, Venezia is struggling in this one. Lazio had time and time again some good opportunities, but finally in the in the fifty eighth minute. Penalties called, correct call there. Uh, clearly kicking uh, Luis Felipe in the face, even though I think he was making a meal of it. He definitely got kicked in the face. That's a penalty there. Uh, mm. Mobile steps up, gets his goal. All-time leader for Lazio in goals, and Lazio win this one nothing, and they now jump over Atalanta in the standings. So looking at the standings, uh, at least for the top from the five onward, Lazio in fifth, Atalanta forty-eight, Roma also in forty-eight, and then Fiorentina forty-six. So that's really your top top eight there. Uh, the, the middle four, if you want to call it, five through eight, are on a, on a dead heat right now. So, um, of my five games, where do you want to start? Well, I mean, first and foremost, congratulations to uh, Chiro Immobile, Lazio's all-time leading scorer. League leading goal scorer, too. Leading goal, leading, yep. So, um, you know, shame that Yeah, sometimes you got to just look at it and say, but it's this is this is setting a record. Can we let it go? <laughs> but I also understand the competitive aspect, and there is a ton that Venezia is playing for too, and they would, yeah. put, you know, that would have been harsh. Um, so I agree with Anthony in the chat. Udinese dropped two points against Roma. I think Roma yes. was lucky to get out of jail there. Yes. Um, I think they were outplayed despite all the possession. I mean, Udinese extremely efficient, excellent on the counterattack. Uh, Nahua Molina with a great goal. Um, so, uh, I think, but I'll tell you this, Roma had a great game plan for Beto. Um, yeah. Cause he didn't put his stamp on the game, not a single shot. 
uh, while he was out there and just kind of was looked looked frustrated when he played. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with you know, Roma. I think Mourinho looks as we keep the ball, Beto can't be dangerous. So there you um, go. So that's that was another interesting uh, aspect to it. Um, the Atalanta Genoa game, like I said, uh, Genoa could have won this game. Um, and you know what? They they have been. I mean, they have. Was it seven consecutive draws now? And I will argue they have dropped some points. Sure. Oh yeah. Among for sure. those draws, they, they play better could, under Blessing. Yeah, they could be out of this drop right now. Um, you know, they just not just not winning. Hmm. So, you know, going over and looking at their, you know, their performances, usual cast of usual cast of characters looked good. I think that Ostegard has been getting better under uh, Blessing. I think. When they first got him, he came over from the Premier League. I think he was a, a deep reserve for uh, Brighton, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's where they got him from, Norwegian international. I mean, looked awfully clumsy first couple of games he played, and I think he even got sent off in a game. Um, but starting to show that he starting to turn it around a little bit. Johan Vasquez looks useful for them. Um, I'm just trying to you know speak about um, you know some of the bright spots with with this Genoa team. We talked about Porto Nova. Um, and, you know, this is the same Atalanta that ran out Malinowski and Muriel who went crazy on Leverkusen. So, um, so figure that out. Uh, but Blessing, they said, was at uh, the Atalanta-Leverkusen game too. Just had a front row seat getting a good scouting report. So smart. whatever notes he came away with, he did a good job. So... Uh, Victor Osman is what we thought we were going to get. This is the Victor Osman we thought we were going to get all season. Yes. Um, unfortunately he missed 10 of the league games. Um, so if we were to, if we were to look at nine divided by 19 equals times 29, he'd have 14 goals right now at the pace that he's at. Um, and I think Vlaovic is still well ahead. I think he's what he's up to twenty. Yep. So, um, so he still a little behind. I mean, he was our pick for Capocannoniere. He was my pick. So, you know, I can't even remember like, who I picked a long, long time ago. I you picked Chris, you picked Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> That's right. That <laughs> worked. Get a hat trick over and then me. last year, and then last year you picked Zapata. So you have like, yeah. Yeah. you've like you've 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 been way off here. Um, only on my only on my Capucaniari picks. On your yeah, you nailed the top four last year, so yeah. that was good. Getting close this year. Mm-hmm. Did we wrong in Atalanta though? An important win for Napoli though. Um, after losing to Milan, you know and now you have to win. go and play this Verona team. Who I mean, this Verona team spoiled their Champions League run last year on the last day. Yep. Um, so you had to get. You had to get it done. It was it was an important bounce back win for them, and I thought they played extremely well. I mean, I thought they relatively dominated Verona in this game. Um, it's not easy to do either, right? I mean, and Verona helped them. They got sure <laughs> a couple guys sent off: Cecchini, Faraoni. Oh my goodness! Um, but you know, they made Caprari look ordinary. Um. And he's been having an excellent season. 
you know, they kind of kept they kept Simeone quiet. And, you know, Verona didn't get the supporting play from the midfield that they typically get when those guys are struggling. So, um, so uh, Spalletti had that right. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that that's my encompassing uh, take on, on what I saw with all of those teams. Um, Lisi has a good question. It says, uh, do we think Roma or Lazio have any chance of challenging for the top four? I'll let you go first on this one. Because I know you pick Roma. I selfishly want to say Roma because I picked him to finish fourth. Um, I thought that Mourinho was going to make that much of a difference and that the um, mentality would change. Um, but Darby della Capitale, by the way, on Sunday. Um, so we'll find out. One of those teams. Live. But you look at Roma's schedule it doesn't look terribly conducive to them making a run at top four. They, they, they have to travel to Napoli and Inter um, among some of the, and Fiorentina. I mean, Roma have a really tough road stretch, away stretch you know, at, at Tonino at the end of the season. I mean, it's, it's brutal. They, they've got a breezy one at Sampdoria when we come back from the, uh, the playoff break. But um, so that's Roma. Based on schedule, no. Okay, let's look at Lazio. They, again, like I said, they have the Derby on Sunday. Um, look at the rest of their run in at Genoa, hosting Torino, hosting Milan, at Spezia, hosting Sampdoria, at Juve, hosting Hellas Verona. I think they're both out of the top four conversation. Yeah. Um, I I think that. Uh, and I just think they're they're too many points behind to begin with. I mean, Lazio's seven back, Roma's eight back, and neither of them have favorable enough schedules um, to make a push. Yeah, I'm agree. I'm agree with you. I think I think Juve are on a roll, despite they may not looking pretty. They're getting wins, and they're still undefeated for a long, long time. You're not going to catch Juve, and you're certainly not going to catch you know the, the top three. I think they're so far ahead at the moment. Uh, I think, what is it, 49 and 56, right? Seven-point gap. You're not going to catch seven points on Juventus right now. I, I'm just mm-hmm. sorry. If this is two months ago, yeah, i say there's a chance. Uh, but Roma and Lazio have been far too consistent. The schedule is not in their favor. And, you know, Juventus and Allegri are playing the way that they want. Allegri is playing the way that they want. They're getting results. Uh, that's what he wants. And they're, and they're in the top four solidly now. I don't see them. I, I I hate to say this because um I said they weren't gonna make top four. They're making top four. <laughs> this Atalanta have just shit their pants. I give I if 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 we just looked at run-ins, I'd give Atalanta a much better chance than the Roman sides. Um they show nothing for us to believe in them. <laughs> right. They they travel to Bologna, um, they host Napoli, they're at Sassuolo, hosting Verona, at Venezia, host Salernitana, at Spezia. At Milan, host Empoli. Um, where Juve, they're running host Salernitana, um, host Inter at Cagliari, host Bologna, at Sassuolo, host Juve, at Genoa, host Lazio, at Fiorentina. I think Atalanta, based on those run ins, there's potential for Atalanta to close the gap, but, and they have a game in hand. Do they? Yeah, they have a game in hand. But 
I think the I think the gap is too much. Speaking of the gap, too much. Um, Inter drop vital points. They had a game in hand, but losing or not winning this game against Torino, best they can do is tie Milan if they both do the same results here on out, and Milan are the tiebreakers. So. Did Inter just screw themselves? Now, I'm not saying it's 100% done because it's not. We've seen Napoli Milan drop 20 points when they've been in the lead this season. So they're not done yet. But if it were to end in a tie, the two Milanese clubs, Milan holds the advantage in terms of that. So the game mm. in hand means nothing at the moment. Now, they still have to play their games, all three, and you know do what they got to do. But you know we, we talked about this on the Raf and Raf rant um, last, last Monday. And, you know... It's conceivable you need 83, 84 points to win the league. Yeah. Will anybody get there? I don't know. But, you know, there's there's a strong possibility that we can see the lead change a couple more times. Milan have a good lead right now. A good lead, three points, yep. four on Inter. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on the Inter? You think they blew their chance or you think they're still very much in this? I think it's a hangover from going out in the Champions League. I think it, you know. This is also their rough patch. We all in. All in trying to beat. They're trying to turn it around against Liverpool. Left it all out there. By the way, I thought, and I, I, I do want to. Give I almost Inter, called that game. I almost called that game. And I want to give Inter. I want to give Inter, Inter a lot of props over the course of two legs. I thought they played extremely well against Liverpool. You know, just on the wrong end of the goals. So, and, hell of a goal you know, too. Yep, great teams like Inter find a way to do that. And you know, my my comment, and I and I stick to this. It says Alexis Sanchez is a dumb shit for going to ground um, and challenging at that position on the pitch. And everybody, any everybody, and anybody's welcome. To, and a couple Inter fans on Twitter fought me about it. And I said, no. If you know, if you're on a yellow, you got to know you're on a yellow, and you got to know at that area of the pitch, you cannot try to go to ground on the challenge. You know, I mean, just. So much can happen. No problem, Gil. Gil is 15. I I, I had to give a follow to. So oh um, yeah. So anyway. Um, but yeah, I I only wonder if he would have not gotten sent off, could Inter have gotten that second and gotten that thing to extra time? And what I think they could have. And that, so, I would have been looked I would look like the smartest man in the world, but uh didn't happen. So I'm not. And then, you know, to have to just all of a sudden on a short turnaround go to Torino, a Torino team that bothers everybody, that's that's asking a lot. So I am not, you know, I, it's way too early to write off their chances. They've still got a game yeah. in hand on Milan and, and Napoli. Um, but they can get a bounce back here on Saturday against Fiorentina. Um, you know, normal service will be res- resumed. So, um mm you know, at least for, at least for their push and at least for their, for their efforts and their intentions, they're going to be very well in this. Um, But I'm not, you know, I, I look at this as a, okay, dropping the points to Torino here doesn't really hurt them. I, in my opinion, I think they're, they're still very well in this. Let me, let me pick devil's advocate with Inter just because why not? Um, Let's assume they don't win the title this year, right? Mm -hmm. Does Zaghi lose his job? That's harsh. It is. I don't think he deserves to. Sure. But Conte set them up for at least another couple-year run, and if he doesn't get it right off the bat with a team many people thought at the beginning of the season we were going to win this game, win this walking away, 
how does the owner, ownership look? You know, that's you know, fans' eyes. People who are like rational, we're like, okay, he this is too harsh. He's a good manager, really good manager, great manager, but managers or owners don't always see the same way as fans or rational people, and sometimes make irrational decisions. Mm-hmm. I I can't do it. I would I, if it was me. If I was owning Inter, I wouldn't do it. I yeah. would I, I would keep him. Um, I, I you know. Antonio Conte is a really hard act to follow. Okay. That's good to Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Allegri didn't have to do. See, why it worked for Allegri is it's not just, it wasn't just Conte. It was the players in that dressing room at Juventus. You know, yeah. Um, there's not a whole lot of overmanaging or, or extra managing you have to do you know, with a dressing room like that. Okay. Right. You know, Inter had a really significant changeover of a number of players in the last season. And for Inzaghi to still have it short up and contending for a Scudetto, yeah, you don't sack them. Um, you know, I, you know, I don't think so. I picked them to finish that right now. I mean, one, two, three is the exact order that I predicted for finish. So, um, so I, say stop the count stop it now <laughs> but um but anyway yeah i i can't i can't get on board with sacking Inzaghi if if they fail to win the scudetto so yeah no, that's fair that's fair um but if you ask inter fans they think that the scudetto is over for them which is like i don't not by yeah, a long shot yeah yeah they obviously have a very challenging immediate run in, but then it softens up for them where Milan has it on paper soft right now, but then it gets challenging for them. So it'll be interesting, yeah. interesting to see how it plays out. So. Absolutely. We got anything else on these, on, on any of these teams? No. I mean, look at the games. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, Udinese and Torino and Verona, thorns yeah that's and that's what they're going to be yeah you're not going to get an easy game against any of those teams it's not you're not we've seen it all season long with those three teams just messing with everybody yeah the mid table of this league are not gonna just roll over and play dead for the seven sisters they're they're playing with them and they're giving them games yeah you know and if they had the kind of resources that those teams had We'd have a hell of a lot. We, I mean, and this is—I'm I'm clutching at an obvious straw here—but we would have a hell of a lot of parity in this league. Yeah. You know, it just so happens that the seven that are in the top seven are are set up really well. They're managed really well. Fiorentina is on their way to really, to in my opinion, to really give those teams a hard time. If Sassuolo could figure out how to not play down to the level of of, <laughs> of the lower lower half of this league they'd be in that conversation too. Um, you know, so, you know, we're really close to having even more parity in this league, um, you know, than we already have. And it's, it's, it's exciting to see. So, and I think the top four is set, not in the order, but the teams, Mm -hmm. I think the middle four are set as well. Just the place is not decided yet. So, you know, the, the top half is the seven sisters are all, all, all very tight with each other, and then after that, the the biggest question is going to be, um, well, obviously the placement. But 
the relegation fight. Who who gets relegated? That's going to be yeah. the tasty one. Uh, yeah. Always is. It always yeah, is. I'm with you. I think top four is set. It's just yeah. a matter of what order they finish. I think Milan, Napoli, Inter, and Juve are all going to the Champions League next season. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of what order they finish. So yeah. I, Juve, fourth. I might have a shot at snatching third from somebody. Should one of those teams start to start to come apart, but. I don't see them higher than that. I know you think that maybe they might snatch second, <clears throat> you know, if things fall for them. I don't see them winning it. I don't think. I, I think it's. I think it's Milan, Napoli, Inter, Inter for the for the Scudetto at this point. So, yeah. and I'm going to be stubborn about that. So yeah, that's. No, I agree. Goals of the week. Ooh, goals of the week. I'll give you mine. Uh, let's see. Um, Victor Osimhen's header, the first one. I like That's that. Number five. Number four, what check Chesney's penalty kick save? I like to say. Oh, okay. Number three. That's right. That's right. Number three, Alexis from Jekko. That was a wonderful pass by Jekko to get that goal, the game tying goal there against Torino. Number two, Junior Traore. Wonderful goal by him. Beats two guys, technically a third guy, and gets the goal. My goal of the week, I'm going to have to give it to him, Mr. 21 year old Pierre Kalulu. Uh, wonderful okay. goal huge goal for Milan in terms of Scudetto implications. So that's why he's number one for me. All right. Um, five for me is the Sanchez goal. I, I agree. Uh, a lot of it because of the uh, cleverness from Jekyll in the penalty area. Um, number four is just kind of a, you know, milestone tribute. I'm going to give, the, I you know, if you're going to give a penalty, give it to you know, make it one that's significant and sets a record. And the Chiro Immobile penalty will make my goals of the week for that reason as the, you know, all-time uh, leading goal scorer at Lazio. Um, uh, number three, I'll go with Kalulu's goal. Um, I'll put him there. Number two, uh, really love the finish by Nahuel Molina for Udinese uh, against Roma. Um, brilliantly taken. And my, my goal of the week, Hamed Traore. Uh, embarrassing a couple of Salernitana defenders on the way to scoring. Uh, there's really no other way to describe that. So um, those are my top five. What's everybody else's top five? Uh, let us know at City I Sit Down on Twitter or Instagram. It's been a few years since I've said that. So that's right. Got to bring it back. Bring it yep. back. Yep, run it back. Right. So. <laughs> Uh, let's start with Juventus Villarreal on the European front. One one at. Um, is it? Do they still call it the Madrigal out in Spain, uh, Villarreal Stadium, or does it go by something different? Good question. What's that? Good question. I'm going to look that up because that's bothering me right now, even though it has nothing to do with Serie A. So, um, it doesn't tell me here. I'll have to. Let me just look. El Madrigal. Estadio de la Ceramica. Is that what it is? Yeah, maybe it's called okay. Madrigal as a nickname. Who knows? Let me just look at this. El Madrigal, Villarreal. Let's see. El Madrigal. Yeah, Estadio. Uh, yeah, it is. It's 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 Estadio de, Sal, uh, de la Ceramica. No, so it was it was formerly and informally called El Madrigal. So I'm I'm dating myself, everybody. Yeah. Better <laughs> you than me. So why don't I just talk about games being played at the old polo grounds? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so 1-1 at 
in in Spain when they played uh, Dusan Vlaovic scoring in 35 seconds, and yeah. all Juve supporters lost their left nut over it. Um, Men and women. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. You did. <laughs> I'm going to have to find a new co-host. <laughs> You're going to get roasted for that. <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, now I can't focus. <laughs> you know, we Jesus. can't, we can no longer say the away goal is an advantage, right? Because it doesn't, you know, this is a new year. All the goals are equal at the moment, which I like uh, to an extent. Um, but yeah, it's one, one going to the second leg. And I thought that for stretches, Villarreal had played Juventus in the second half, but I think that it also has to do with how Allegri sets up. Juve probably yeah. said, hey, I got the one. I'm going to, you know, just like we talked about, this is a classic case where that strategy backfires. So, um, and it was a really nice goal uh, yeah, uh, by Villarreal, if I'm not mistaken. I think that uh, it was a, a midfielder that slipped in behind the defense and scored. I think it was Parejo. Yeah, it was. It was, yeah. Um, who scored the goal, and I, it, it escapes me who played him in, but... Kapui. Was it Kapui? Oh, yeah, it was, it was Kapui. Okay. So, if if the Sofa score uh, page is to be believed, um, they think Juve will go out with Danilo, uh, Rugani, and leaked Alexandro as a back four, Quadrado playing as a right midfield. Uh, Locatelli and Artur with Rabio as a left midfield. We're doing this again with Rabio. Um, and then Vlaovic and Morata in attack. Um, and then Villarreal countering with Rui. Foyth, Albiol, Torres, Pedraza. Uh, and then Chukweze and Pino on the flanks with Parejo and Capue in midfield. Los Celso behind Arnaud Danjuma. What's working for Juventus is. Moreno, Alcacer, and Ruben Pena, all doubtful. Alberto Moreno out, uh, the left fullback uh, for Villarreal. Uh, for Juventus, uh, Chiesa, McKinney, Zakaria, and Bonucci all out. So, um, And obviously Dybala out too. So the couple of things that I see with this game, I think this is going to be another grind. And I think that both of these teams might set up to play to avoid losing because you got Max, Max Allegri just does that by nature. And you've got Unai Emery, who's a cup manager. So um, he'll set up for this. I, the, Don Juma's good, creative, can cause some problems. But I think that he runs into delict and to a lesser extent Rugani. If Rugani's asked to kind of play that supporting defender role like he was asked to play when Juve played Milan a couple months ago, like we talked about, I think that's the role that suits him. You see Delic dealing with Danjuma a lot. Pino is a talented player. He's not a guy that's going to run at you, but he's clever with his passing and his movements. Um the 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 matchup that I think could be an issue for Juve is Chiquese on the right on Alexandro. As I think we've, we've, we've probably talked about it here on this podcast a few times. Hugh Ventini will tell you, and I think you'll see in a Hulan Calcio Twitter nominee, uh, Sandro has lost some steps. Um, you know, there's some, there's some tread in the tires with him. Um, you know, and Chiquese has got dynamic and run at, she's got some power. And you've got the you've got a midfielder in Pereira who can pick all of this apart. It's an interesting blend. You know, having said that, 
the other thing that I think you're going to watch out for is you're going to see more Raul Abiola on Dusan Vlaovic. You know, the the old dog on the the old dog just going to harass the new kid for 90 minutes. So those are the games within the game that I expect to see tomorrow. I think this comes down to something odd to get one team or the other through. I'm going to say Juventus gets it. I'm going to say 1-0. No Juventus fan is going to complain because they'll be in the last eight. We'll all watch this game take years off of our lives because I think that that's the kind of game we're look, we're, we're headed for, Richard. Yeah. With this. But I, I, I'm interested to get your take on this. I think it's Juve winning 1-0. It's going to be something unbelievably strange that's going to get it done. I think maybe even a set piece. Quadrado, hell, Quadrado to delete. You know, I'll call my shot. 1-0, delete, set piece from Quadrado. That's how Juve win and go through. Remind me again who the manager is for Villarreal. Unai Emery. And remind me again what, what the tournament's name is. What's the tournament? UEFA Champions League. Yes, it's not the Europa League, and he's not managing Sevilla. <laughs> exactly my point. Um, I think – no, he's a cup manager, and I think he will will, will play not to lose. And Allegri plays a similar style, right? Um, but I think Juve being at home, and I think with some of the, the players that Juve have at their disposal and the way they're playing at the moment, I love that Moise Kane is getting a lot more playing time now because he's getting to really develop where he didn't get much time before. Yeah. Um, I do see it's a one-goal game difference. Um I'm gonna go with Juventus winning two to one in this one. I think. Okay. I think Villarreal are good enough to get a goal, but I also think Juventus are good enough to feed off the home crowd, uh, and I think they have good enough players, you know, with Marata and Blahovic and and Kane and company, to get you know a, a goal or two against Villarreal. So yeah, I'm gonna say the home team wins uh, two to one, and they move on. I you know I think Unai Emery is great in Europa League, great with Sevilla, but anytime it's in the Champions League, he just can't get the mix perfect. It doesn't matter who his team is. And uh, I think, again, he's going to fall short. And I think Allegri, you got to trust Allegri in these kind of situation. He's proven in the past, no matter who his team uh, team or players are. So I think Juve gets this done. Over two and a half, over two and a half goals is getting plus 110 right now. Mm. For anybody that wants to, uh, you know, if anybody wants to uh, take Richard's advice and think if it's going to, if you, if you think, yeah. if you believe Richard and think it's going to be two, one, go and, uh, Go and bet the over on the two and a half. If you think it's me thinking Juve wins one nil over Villarreal, um, under one and a half is catching plus 220. And if I had Sportsbook here in Wisconsin, I would be hammering the shit out of that bet because I don't think there's goals in this game. What's, what's, I wonder what the uh, odds are that they go to penalty kicks. That would be interesting. Just curious. Do, both these managers see, do, they ha- do they have those odds? I, I'm just taking a look. They'd have to. They'd have to. Um. Yeah, both teams to score. No is at minus 125. Yes is at minus 105. So, like, I mean, they're, I mean, they have Juve as a minus 105 favorite and, and, and Villarreal as a plus 300 dog. Um, I don't think, yeah, these, this little listing here doesn't show me that. But I think if we went to another site, you could probably, you probably can find that out. Right. So, but having said that, it would not stun me. Um, I would not, it would not stun me to see nil nil going all the way to penalties. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, don't, don't expect to be entertained tomorrow. 
uh, with this one. So, I mean, if, if, if today's games were any indicator in the champions league, <laughs> exactly. When you have margins like this, it's going to be tight. You, when you don't have decisive favorites, it's going to be tight. And, and Benfica shithoused Ajax today and Atletico Madrid did the same to Man United. So, and I mean, they deserve to go through for playing the way they did and, and, and being successful. So, yep. um, any draw means PKs. Absolutely. The way goals rule is out. So, um, so yeah, uh, this could be nil, nil all the way through. Um, mm. so we'll have to see what happens, but man, I, man, that, that under one and a half is juicy. <laughs> just, that's all I'm going to say. I wish I had, I'd be, I'd be crushing that. And then it would be one, one. And I'd be like, Kills there me. you go. You all did it. You, you all did it to me. You all did it to me again. So. <laughs> Atalanta taking a 3-2 lead to Germany to play Bayer Leverkusen. Um, Bayer Leverkusen, interesting, interesting notes here. They have not won in three games. Uh, they have not had a clean sheet in three games. There have been more than two and a half goals in their games in eight out of the last ten. Um, but they've also been the first to score in eight out of their last ten. So, um, they did lose at the weekend to Bayer Le- or to Köln uh, at home, one uh, mm. nil. Um, but uh, there's, you know, that doesn't really tell the story. Uh, Leverkusen had more of the ball, outshot Köln fifteen to six. Um, were beaten on a goal by something called Kingsley Schneider or Schindler, mm. Kingsley yeah. Schindler. Um, who came on as a substitute. So um, if you're wondering where that's coming from. Um, but uh, so that was what Byron, Bayer Leverkusen was last seen doing. Atalanta was obviously last seen trying nil-nil. I'm going to give a hot take. Um, let's say you guys get into the weeds, but I'm starting to think you guys are the weeds. What is he talking about? <laughs> we talk about everything. Anyway, um, Gillis, I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> but anyway, um, maybe it's just because I'm old. Well, you said it. I'm going to give a hot take here. I think Atalanta's all in on this Europa League. Yes. I think this is they're all in. This is, you know, I mean, if they're going to make the Champions League next season. I think there is a feeling amongst the Atalanta camp that they're going to have to win this competition to do it um, because that's the only way in. They're probably too far back of Juventus to catch them, yeah. even though, like we said, they had the game in hand. There's a path where they could do it. But I, I also am going to bank on how good Atalanta are away from home um, in this competition. Not only in this – I mean, not in this competition, but in general – um, I'm going to look at this Bayer Leverkusen team that, you know, bravely drew Bayern Munich, you know, at the beginning of this month. But, uh, you know, they've got a win over Bielefeld, which I know you're, you, you, you know enough about Bundesliga to be dangerous. That's probably not saying much, but a 3-2 loss to Mainz. And a team that just in general can't. And they beat Dortmund 5-2 back in the beginning of February. Um, but... <laughs> I will say 2-2. Another game, a game with goals again. Exciting game. 
I want to give Atalanta an outright win here, but I will just play it safe and say that this will be a score draw. I'll go 2-2 and Atalanta go through to the last eight. I like it. I like it. I think um, all your points are very compelling. I think, you know, Bayer Leverkusen are struggling at the moment. Lots of goals are had in their games. Um, Atalanta, they've been struggling, but against Leverkusen, they found a way. I think they, I think they are all in, in Europa League. I think, like you said, they have to win the league, just have any chance of Champions League. Um, and it seems from their league play that usually – Usually, they start the season focusing on one and then kind of let the league go go to the side, and then they get back to the league. They haven't done that this year. This year, they've been focused on Europa League, and I think they really truly believe they can go deep in the, in the tournament and win it. So the last leg was a good indicator, right? And I think they'll continue some of that. I think Bayer Leverkusen are still in a, in a – the trend is telling us that they're going to give up some goals, and I think 2-1. to one. I'm going to go 2-1 Atalanta win outright, and I, they move on. Um, it's going to be interesting because I don't – I think – Atalanta are going to give up lots defensively, but I think they'll do just enough, make it interesting, but they'll do just enough to keep um, um, Leverkusen from winning because, uh, you know, you only have one goal advantage at this point. Yes, there's no away goals anymore, but you have one goal advantage. You can't mess that up, and you have to play some kind of defense to win. Uh, so we'll see, but uh, I, I think Atalanta will move on to the final eight as well. Okay. So we agree Atalanta move on. We agree that Juve move on. Um, Conference League, I, I didn't even look. <laughs> We're eventually going to have to pay attention to this if Roma goes deep into the competition. Yeah, I guess. Um, where is this thing? Let me just, I, you know, let me, I mean, we'll pull it up just to humor Roma fans. Okay. Very, very, but we'll be very quick about it. We we think they're going to go through against uh, Vitesse. Oh, Vitesse, that's right. Yep. Um, who did you say they were playing? Olympiacos. That was Atalanta last round. What do you think they do? They think that they lose to uh, they lose in the Europa League and that they dump them to the conference. They don't. I don't yeah. think they do that. <laughs> so uh, who cares? Um, they're a one. They're, they they won the first leg one nil in 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 the in Holland, and they're a minus one eighty nine favorite to win just this game. So I can't see why they don't go through. Let's go two one to Roma. Three uh, one on aggregate. Okay. I go one nil. With me. Okay. So um Michael's saying who cares? Well <laughs> Roma fans care. Roma fans care, okay. That bonsai tree is getting really lonely. So <laughs> Yeah. Mourinho wants to win that title. The first manager to win the conference title, even though it's not a prestigious but, one. He, he wants to be the first. And you know what? I mean they have a chance. I think it's necessary. I think it's almost necessary for Roma. I think it would be good for them. I mean yeah. just yeah, get their hands on something, you know, get their hands on something that they can that they can lift, you know, that can kind of I mean, it's we're all going to look at this as the maybe smallest way Roma can validate the project under Mourinho, but it's still a validation. So and you're still winning. You still got to go out and win something. So I, I think both you and I think they're very strong contenders for the top four next year, right? We think, well, think Mourinho, so. they, they're going to have their shit together. And so what better way, what better momentum going to next season is to winning the Conference League this year, going to next year, playing really well in whatever tournament you get into, Europa League, um, and doing well in there. So I think this is a logical first step in their project, win this conference title, have a hell of a season next year and then do really well in Europa League. I, I think it's 
it would do really really good for them, like you said, if they if they win this title. And Lacey great raises a great point. If if Roma win this, Mourinho will be the only manager to have won be, the Champions we'll League, Europa League, and the Conference League. Yep, you know he wants that. You know he <laughs> so, wants that. Yeah, you know that's you know that it, you know that would feed his ego. Oh my gosh, yes. Do you know? I, I saw somebody put up a graphic that showed how much money he's made in buyouts from getting fired <laughs> over the years. Like something like ninety six million pounds. Good for him. The guy must. He has a hell of an agent. Damn. So yeah. that's all I got to say. Yeah. Oh, so. So that's our European roundup, and let's wrap it up by getting on with the world's most popular hashtag game. Who won Calcio Twitter? Richard, lead us off. All righty. So this one, first nomination comes from Giovanni Milano, uh, and this is from Semprista, and it's uh, Alexis Salamacher's Instagram page, and he reports it and says, what celebrity are they pretending to be? He says the right winger. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can't. Uh, all right. So uh, Gillis15 underscore um, is nominating himself. Hey, he pulled a Frank Carvello. Well, it got 103 likes. So I guess in a, in a sense, you know, maybe that, you know, I guess we'll be fine. Um, it's uh, Kalulu and uh, Tamori. Superimposed in a, a, a is Michael Jordan. Yeah. Napoli fans said Koulibaly was this and Osiman was that, and we took that personally. <laughs> so <laughs> I like that. It's all right. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Uh, good Photoshop skills, by the way, too. <laughs> yeah, I even nominated. Oh, I, I nominated that too. So yeah. yeah. I, okay. So it's it's fine. All right. Sean McIntosh of the Lazio. So he says. Uh, Never the wrong time to let it be known. So I guess he's texting with his girlfriend or wife or whatever. And she says, oh, girl, okay, get some tomatoes. He's like, okay. She's like, Roma, if they have them. He's like, Roma merda. <laughs> <laughs> and then her face is like, ugh. <laughs> but, oh, okay. Oh, the text was from, oh, okay. Michelle's the girlfriend and, yes. and, the, and the, okay. Yeah. So I sometimes I get that mixed up, strangely oh, enough. <laughs> so, okay. So, um, we nominated this uh, at Saturnian coming through uh, um, uh, <laughs> at Deep Alexa saying uh, Loca Locatelli with all the midfielders better than him in the league <laughs> where it's a picture with nobody. And then uh, so you think, oh, my God, so true. And you zoom Saturnians, in, you zoom in <laughs> on, the on the boat. And there's Tenali on the boat. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's well played. I like yeah, that. Yeah. Creative. Okay. Too. All right. <laughs> All right. FCIM underscore pictures. Uh, so this is <laughs> this is a picture of Inter in Champions League. Uh, <laughs> and it's a Ferrari stuck in mud for Alexis Sanchez while everybody else is a normal picture. <laughs> uh, uh, poor Alexis Sanchez. Oh, that's what that is. Okay, I had yeah. to look a little closer. Yeah. So, all right, moving on. Uh, we nominated, we okay, at no context DPL. So, okay, it's in Premier League, but I think we're nominating Mourinho. Yes. Um, okay, so basically it's Deli Alley um, going bowling, and uh, he's asking uh, <laughs> who wants a game. 
And uh, Jose Mourinho checks in and says, you probably. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Not sure what kind of relationship they have, but that's uh, that's that's awesome. Yep. Uh, let's see. All right, Bob uh, nominates this one. Uh, from John Muller, it's not Serie A, but I guess uh, Donnarumma used to be on the, in Serie A. So he goes, uh, we go live to PSG, ship carrying 1,100 Porsches and other luxury cars is burning in a drift. <laughs> uh, yes. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, at Jeff underscore Alfieri, um, replying to Presidente. Presidente saying Milan has a great relationship with Chelsea and should buy insert player name here right away. Man United, and uh, this was in response to Jamie Carragher saying that Man United should go for Thomas Tuchel right away. So Jeff underscore Alfieri said, UK should force Chelsea to take Bakayoko back. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. All right. Uh, Papa. (laughs) All right. So this is, I guess, Pirlo. This is all like in reference to people who used to be in Serie A. So the original tweet was um, (laughs) New York, NYCFC. This is their banner of their title. It's like a small, like... It's like an 8 by 11 piece of paper. Yeah, And so uh, Mike McGee says, what is this banner of ants? It needs to be like three times bigger than that. And so somebody toasted a picture of Zoolander with a picture of... (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. Okay, (laughs) so let's see. That's great stuff. Oh, let's see here. So we are moving on. Okay. At Joe, our friend at Joe underscore cappuccino underscore found this video of Alexandro. It's a pig in a kiddie pool. <laughs> Alexandro. If you say Patania, I'd believe you more. Oh, in fact, Art Morelli responded and said, looks like Patania, to be honest. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh. All right, let's see. Unconvenient Truth uh, tweets out. So, wait, original message was uh, at 19 years of age, Delict holding up a golden ball or whatever, Ballon d'Or, whatever you want to call it, and Kalulu playing somewhere in France, Lyon. And then, so Inconvenient Truth said, uh, Melanesia Kalulu is giving the opportunity to replace him with Delict and throw out Delict. And it's like, ah, funny, but not true. Yeah, that's yeah, that's not true. Yeah. That's not true. Oh, you can keep Delict. Yeah. So. I don't. I'm not ready to anoint Delict as a sex. He's, he's he's having he's having some good patches. He's playing well, but I'm not. I'm not ready to anoint him. You know, Maybe it's the team he's on. It could be. Uh, finally, at NYC Juventus, Bremer holding of Jeco, Lotara, Barella, Alexis, Correa, Perisic, Gozens, Vidal, and Hakan. <laughs> he's that good. Fighting everybody off. Yes. Yeah, Bremer. Bremer's a beast. Oh. All right, that's all of them. Who you got? I think the last one. I think that's good. That's good. I'm going to... Hmm. I like that one. And uh, let's see here. The Mourinho one is funny. The Mourinho one's funny. I want to try to like keep City. I, I Saturnion. I like Saturnions. I do. Um, Sean McIntosh is Yeah, that's funny, funny. too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think we're down to those three. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> uh, let's do this. Let's rank them. Here's 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 the thing. Let's let's rank them one, two, three. All right. Okay. And then we like you know the one that has the lowest points will 
will win. So okay, okay. So for me, Saturnian is first. Um, I just I like the creativity of it. Um, NYC Juventus is second, and then uh, who do we say was the other one? Sean McIntosh. Sean McIntosh is third. All right. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna go Saturnian one, Sean McIntosh two, and NYC Juventus three. So well, then that settles it. Saturnian wins. Yep. So one of the one of the masters at his craft. <laughs> Saturnion, congratulations! Uh, uh, another win for him. I think that's like th- his. That might be his third. It might be. It might be. Jeez, give the king his crown. Give mm-hmm. this king his crown. Well, while you're tweeting that out, uh, give a shout out to uh, Jason uh, at JMug5 Fiorentina fan doing his uh, reaction for the Derby dell'Apennino, uh, Fiorentina against Bologna. Uh, it's on our YouTube page now, so definitely go give him a shout. Give him a follow as well. Uh, if you want to find some great Fiorentina content, it's great Serie A content in general. So uh, definitely give him a follow. And um, while we're talking about Fiorentina, give Viola Nation a follow as well if you're not following them already. So, uh, And then also the Raf and Raf rant, both uh, Rafa Biz and uh, Rafa Rispo. Give those guys a follow, their show a follow. Uh, were, I was fortunate to be a guest on their show last Monday and I had a lot of fun with them and Adriano um, from the Calcio guys. So give them all a follow. Give them all a follow. You get a follow. You get a follow. Everyone gets a follow. <laughs> um yeah and i i i uh i second that um i uh want to uh first of all commend i did richard richard showed out on raf and raf did a great job uh raf and raf biz and, and raf Rispo did a great job as well and also um uh, adriano as well uh great stuff great great content uh, talking about that Napoli Milan game uh, last week, so uh, definitely give them a follow. Give the Calcio guys a follow while you're at it. Um, you know they do they do great work as well. Um, I will be at some point uh, appearing on a, a grassroots podcast that Stevie Palillo uh, does uh, with Presidente uh, for Milan Weekly Podcast. So try to give you guys details on when that's going to uh, drop. So. Um, discussing uh, development of soccer players, um, footballers, whatever. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some of the things that we're going to discuss. So I'm looking forward to engaging with them and, and, and talking about them, kind of giving some perspective on, on on what I've done and how I kind of do things. And, you know, I'm really flying blind. I don't know what they're going to ask me. <laughs> so, uh, but it's it's going to be a good gra- discussion about grassroots and, and, and development. So we're looking forward to that. Um, but we'll let you know when that comes up. Um, I just want to, uh, give some shout outs to some podcasts that, uh, that certainly deserve it. Um, Milan weekly podcast, who we have a lot of respect for, uh, on their Monday spots, Raf and Raf rant. Um, if you want to go somewhere for Napoli, the Italian football podcast, uh, friends of ours, uh, good people. We've had them on as guests on our podcast in the past, uh, Nima, um, Carlo, who we've tried to have on, we've, we, we had, I think we had Carlos scheduled a couple times, Richard, but then he couldn't make, you know, he had last minute commitments and Carlo Garganese, if you're listening, we're going to get you on soon. Um, so, uh, you know, definitely give them some, give them some love. The Calcio guys, as I mentioned, great guys. Um, uh, 
Richard can uh, confirm that he met them personally. So, uh, true story. <laughs> so, are we leaving any others out? Uh, Probably. Probably. Yeah, we are. We're leaving Calcio connection out. Give uh, give a shout. Give a shout out to Alex and and Jerry. Um, I'm just trying to be uh, appreciative of everybody who has our back as we want to try to have theirs. I'm turning yeah. 47 years old on Thursday, and I want to yeah. just, uh, I, you know, as much as I want to, uh, you know, bask in all of the yeah. happy birthday and the well wishes and all that other stuff, I also want to kind of pay it back to everybody that has been good to us and has been supportive of us as well. Yep. So. Uncle Sharma, Milan Miguel, Ricky yes. Pais, there's so Anthony, many. So many. Anthony Privatera. Anthony, uh, of course, yes. yes. I mean, these are all, all excellent people, and, and you should be uh, – uh, supporting their work. Thank you, Anthony. Appreciate it. Um, the anniversary of my 21st birthday is now it, it's 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 a higher number than 21. So I <laughs> it's um, so I will be I will be 47 on Thursday. So wow. um, you kind of get to the uh, yeah you're teetering on the uh, where the hell is the time gone and what the hell have I done with my life. Uh, yeah ages so <laughs> on ahead of me so yes so um but nonetheless but uh you know and then and then to the chat i want to say thank you guys too so uh great stuff as always so we'll put a bow in this edition of city sit down anything else to shamelessly plug richard um no no just uh rest in peace scott hall yes agreed agreed um you can find me at ftc underscore 21 uh, Richard is at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N at City I Sit Down on Twitter or Instagram if you want to check us out there. We also have our own channel on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there's podcasts, there is City I Sit Down. Um, as I mentioned, the social media places where you can find us, you can also find us on Facebook. Um, and uh, we will be back with you guys on is it going to be Sunday night, Richard? We'll try. We'll try. Sometimes yes. life gets in the way, but we'll try. Life has been getting in the way lately, so we appreciate everybody's patience, willingness to jump on and join us on a Tuesday night. We might have to do that again next week. We shall see. I know that we have a – next weekend we got to talk about the the Derby della Capitale. We've got to break that down. And then obviously uh, heading into the break, which is an extremely critical break for Italy – uh, the playoff with North Macedonia and should they win getting the winner of Portugal and Portugal and Turkey. Um, so it is, uh, it's go time uh, for trying to make the world cup. So let's, uh, you know, let's hope that Mancini picks a good team. He picks a good squad, picks a good 11 for each game uh, and uh, it gets the European champions to the world cup. It would be a shame if they missed out. Let's go. Yep. So, for Richard, I'm Frank. Give it up for the heavyweight champion of your world, even though that was Eric Bischoff for Hulk Hogan. But anyway, uh, make sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao. <laughs>